Let's Talk Therapy with Leanne Lynch and Megan Clinton. We are so happy to have you here with us. In our podcast, we talk about mothering and life and the healing gifts both bring. This podcast is about using the tools of therapy to lead an authentic life. I'm Megan Clinton. But this week, Megan, what is it we'd like to talk about? So we were having a little chat before we started and something just happened to me and I thought it might be quite useful, we both did, if I actually talked about it live because I imagine it's something that a lot of people experience and struggle with and to partially to normalize it and also to give you some information as well and from our perspectives of you know how you can heal as well so what happened is we've just got home and we went into a cafe um, that normally allows dogs we've got a little puppy a border collie puppy jess and so we went in and because we'd never been into that restaurant before we were in the takeaway area we asked if we could order a takeaway and have our puppy next to us and they went yeah that's fine so anyway we got our takeaway and then it wasn't exactly how my daughter wanted it so she was a little bit disappointed there and then the puppy started to make a little started to howl because she could (laughs) smell us eating all our yummy food And so I was kind of trying to sneak her some food to stop her howling. And then somebody came over to us and he went, actually, this restaurant doesn't allow dogs. Um, You need to take your takeaway food. By this stage, we've kind of torn the takeaway package. It was a box and it's now flat and there's no opportunity to... um, there's no opportunity to now take it away because it's now yeah, destroyed flat takeaway box. And he goes, you need to take your takeaway and your dog outside. And, and he's like, I'm really sorry. And I was like, yeah, um, I was sort of like, and then I could feel big feelings come up a bit. And I was able to communicate to him. And I was just, we were told we could have it. I understand that person got it wrong. But from my perspective, we did ask. And yes, our puppy's making a bit of noise and I'll try and keep her quiet and I can't, you know, silence her. We're far away. There's no one else anywhere near us at this point. Um, And anyway, so I'm now trying to keep her even quieter. I'm trying to scoff my food. I've said to him, you know, you can refund us or we'll just finish our food and then leave. And he said, no, no, finish your food. Um, So we did, but... I just realized I was then stressed while I was trying to eat. I was stressed about constantly trying to keep our little puppy quiet as she tried to scoot around and jump onto my lap and get some more food. And then we got into the car, we're driving home and then my daughter and the puppy have a little bit of a scuffle. The puppy tries to jump into the front seat and she grabbed its leg and she I was just like, you can't hold her leg like this. The puppy's howling and Yes, suddenly then I got, yes, all emotions from the cafe and everything. I was like, you can't hold the dog like that. She's a little puppy. And then as I was saying it, I was like, "Mm, those are my emotions. Those are my emotions from 
from feeling, yeah, like I'd done something wrong at the cafe, like you know, it wasn't fair, we'd asked and now we were told we couldn't stay. It wasn't fair, we'd paid for something. It was going to be something we were looking forward to. We could have brought it home and had a nice meal. And, you know, I was just holding so many different things. And I think when I was at the cafe, I lost a bit of contact with myself. I lost a bit of contact with what I was actually feeling. And if I had been able to stay with that and even maybe communicate it to the person who'd come up to me and say, look, I've, I'm feeling all of this. I'm trying to hold all of this. I understand what you're doing. We would have had a different kind of conversation rather than me coming forward, setting a very strong, what some would call a boundary kind of thing. Um, and I lost that connection. And because I lost that connection, then when something happened with my daughter, everything I hadn't held in the cafe started to come out. And I was grateful I kind of caught myself before I said too much. And I said more than I would like to have. And, yeah, I was just thinking, you know, it's so this is what happens when we kind of lose contact with ourselves and our emotions. And, and you know, there's an opportunity always to repair and ruptures do happen. And often my experience of ruptures is they can be, it can lead to a deepening of an experience, especially with adults and with children, it can be, it can be a bit more complicated. Yes, so that's a little bit of what I was sharing with Leanne before yeah, we started. And yes. yeah. Well, I want to send you so much love and just to say thank you so much for sharing the story. Um, how, how old is Olivia again? She's nine. She's nine, mm. yes, yes. Mm. And I love what you're saying um, that around that holding that peace um, with yourself and staying in connection with yourself because safety I suppose for me it's safety isn't it safety for your body to feel safe this is which allows the feelings and the healing to come up so in a situation which is where where I don't feel safe on some level that the fear um I suppose um not causes that's the wrong word it's the fear when i feel scared i lose my body lose, i lose the connection with myself because i am um, fear is really uncomfortable to feel and um and so what happens then in the situation where i'm scared i become disconnected from myself and then later on when there's safety there this is where the feelings from those situations where I hadn't been connected to myself, but where my body then allows them to come up. So safety is so important in healing, in those feelings to come up. And what happens, what I found too, that sometimes it can take a long time. It can take years and years for your body to feel safe. And usually things, it's because things are going really well in your life. <laughs> Maybe, you know, you know, for me, um, you know, I've worked with a lot of clients with postnatal depression and um, you've just frozen there, Megan, the postnatal depression. And they, they're in a time of their lives where they're married and they're happy and they've ha they're having a baby and suddenly whoosh all these feelings from the past or from all these feelings come up and and to be able to 
for them to understand it, for us to understand sometimes the feelings are not about the present situation, but because we are feeling safe and this is why they're coming up. Yes, I love that. I love that. I just, it is, it's so much around safety and I love your kind of, you know, when we're, when we're younger and we have that secure attachment and we can really go out into the world and then come back and we're received by our, our mother or father with love and connection. We develop that internal kind of core sense of safety in the world, that the world is safe and we can explore onto it. And when that hasn't been our experience when we were younger, then as adults, like when we, I went out and this was happening, it's, you so um, beautifully put it, there wasn't enough safety there for me to be able to stay connected with myself and the other in that moment. And so I am, yeah, I landed up kind of retroflecting what I was holding in and then at a later stage projecting it onto Olivia. And the thing is then what happens is then our beautiful children get to hold emotions that weren't theirs to start with and my beautiful daughter will at some stage either get angry or cry or something will happen. And then if I have that capacity in that moment to just stay with and be with those emotions, they will then be able to leave the system. And if I'm not, then that's what happens is they just get passed down from generation to generation and those become you know, our lineage hurts. Yes, our, our ancestral trauma, our patterns. And mm -hmm. it is that, that feelings are contagious, you know? So I wonder if even some of the feelings that you picked up may not have been yours either, because mm -hmm. they could possibly, you know, because we're so sensitive and we're so interactive in the world that sometimes it's not our feelings that we're picking up, but because then, um, so, you know, sometimes this happens to me if I'm not aware of it, then I act out the feelings that I'm picking up, which may not be mine. And then they get passed on to somebody else until somebody, you know, we're talking about this ancestral stuff and we, we talk about it. It seems to always go back to that. But it, until one person stops and feels those feelings, until they transmute those feelings. And this is where what we're doing here and um, with our mm. therapy and how what we hope to do with our kids as well that they get to transmute and feel those feelings in the moment as much as possible um so that they are not passed on then to are projected on or passed on or anything like that yes i love that and it's so true um and i i, I have the sense as much work as i've done my daughter will have a lot of feelings that um she will get to heal and hold regardless of how much I have tried to listen. There will be times I haven't listened well enough or there've been times I haven't held and or she hasn't felt safe enough to actually express what she needs to express. And, you know, so often we're parenting from a completely different paradigm perspective, way of seeing children um, when we parent from a conscious aware perspective that we're like we're first generation parents and we're not going to get it perfectly and we're not going to do everything right and yes our children will probably need to heal from things as well and I just wanted to share I said something 
uh, my daughter, I think, heard me say something similar to someone. And she said, you know, I don't think my children will be free of emotions, but I'm sure their children's children will be like 100% free. And I think she's probably right. Yeah, yes. And that's exactly it. We're, we're not here to get it perfect either, but we're here to change the dynamic and to, to make the changes. And and you, any small change, you know, this it doesn't have to be, you don't have to dive in deeply and be a therapist to do this. Any small change, this, the significance of that, because the, tra- the trajectory for that in gen- future generations would be massive. So no mm. matter what small inner work or small changes you make now as a parent, it might seem so minute, but in the future generations, it, it's monumental, monumental. Mm. And, and it is that, that we are just making changes for our kids to just run with it, or the future generations, they'll just run with it another bit further and another bit further. And that's the evolution. Hmm. Yeah, I love that. I can just yeah, see this expanding evolution of love and connection and empathy into the future. And I really hold that. And I was going to say something else. And... Hmm. It slipped my mind. I'm sure it'll come back. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, and but I think what I, I really love rupture and repair because I really value authenticity. And if sometimes I get angry in the moment, that okay, I don't want to take it out or project it onto my kids. But here's where my values and here's where guilt and um, guilt comes in. And guilt is is because one of my values is not to hurt anybody else. And so uh, here I have guilt then to do this. But I also love my authenticity. I want to honor my authenticity because that feels real for me. And kids kind of know, and they, they know when I'm being authentic and when I'm not too. And, and also when I rupture my connection with my kids, it also allows them, it, it builds up the resilience because um, when I repair it, when I rupture it, First of all, they have this space. It's a disconnection between us and they get to kind of be a little bit independent or they've got to tolerate that space when there's disconnection and and be OK in that space where I'm not connected with them and know that they're actually going to survive it, that it's OK. It's painful. It might be unpleasant, but it's OK. They're going to still survive. And then when there is connection and, and then I can repair and I can apologize and I can say, I'm sorry, this is my stuff. This is not your stuff. It's something got to do with you. I was grumpy. My kids don't even anymore. If I get grumpy with them, they say, ma'am, you've got feelings. Go into your room and get your feelings out. They actually don't hold any responsibility at all, you know, which is amazing. So now yeah. what happens is they've learned that when they go out into the world, they're going to meet people that's going to be grumpy. They're going to have people that snaps at them. They're going to understand that it's not about them. They might get scared in the moment because, um, you know, that's just part and parcel being the safety in the world. But they're going to know that this is not their responsibility at the same time. Maybe not all the time, but sometimes. And that sometimes is enough. And that's a huge change from what I was when I was a child because I took full responsibility and wanted to make everything better. They don't have that in them. And I see it in them that they don't. Sometimes they're scared and they do and they want to make it better. And they want to, when they're the good girl or the good boy, I, I see it in them. They're not being them true selves. But generally, 
And, and because of that, you know, they're able to do it with their dad as well. So when he gets grumpy or when he snaps at them, they just say, daddy, you got feelings. We're not hanging out with you. <laughs> oh, my word. My heart is just like, how profound oh. is that? It is so, so beautiful to be able to monsters. go. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to go out into the world and when people are feeling because we all have feelings to be able to just hold that it's got nothing to do with you it is such a profound gift and I know my daughter as well when I say to her oh I'm sorry you know this happened I had feelings there then it came here and she's like yeah mom I love you even when you've got big feelings oh no Um, lovely it means you can't get away with anything, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> it is. They're just they. It's so beautiful to be able to watch children kind of hold emotions in such a profoundly different way than I've experienced them. Um, to really see them as something that comes up. And sometimes people process them more easily. And sometimes they come up as irritation or frustration or anger. And I know my daughter can even say, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm shouting at you all day. Because after a while, you're like, she's going through puberty. So there's a bit of shouting going on. She's like, these emotions, I don't know where they're coming from. So, you know, I remember going through puberty and just being shocked by what my body was doing, where she's so self-aware of what her body's doing. And that these emotions, she's like, they come from nowhere. It's like normally I know where my emotions come from and these just boil up. And she's actually able to communicate these to me. Wow. So that it's just, it's so beautiful to watch the process of going through puberty that I imagine is going to be very different for both of us. Not always easy, um, but yeah, very different. Wow, that's amazing that she can actually tell the difference, that she can feel and notice the difference in her body. But not only that, but she's also um, learning rupture and repair with you. So when she disconnects from you too, that she can also repair that relationship with you as well. And the safety, you know, for me, it's that safety um, to be yourself, you know. So when she can shout at you or emotions come up, that that's still her self, that she doesn't have to be anybody else. And the safety in that authenticity and that honesty and the rawness in that moment where she's shouting at you all day okay it's not pleasant and she obviously is aware of that herself she's able to to tune into that herself it's amazing but to have that safety with you that she can just be herself with you um you know it's such a lovely gift she doesn't have to be anybody else she doesn't have to be nicey nicey she doesn't have to pretend that that this is how she feels and it's okay it's still okay for her to feel that um, and and then okay she you know this is where our values come in because we want to express it in a different way we don't always want to um to hurt another person um but that authenticity I really I love that I love that and that that she can just be herself or that you know I can just be myself or my kids can just be themselves and it's because of that that you actually that I actually don't want to take it out on them either I don't want to hurt anybody else it's because because that's who I am that's who we naturally Mm. are we don't have to shut ourselves or or pretend to be good or nice this is actually who we are Mm. 
I just love that. And it's uh, so resonate. It's just we are love. That is who we are. And it's only as a result of not being able to process our emotions for so long that it's kind of systemically built up and we get to process other people's, we get to process our lineage, we get to process our own. And the more that processing takes place, the more... Um, the more free we are to return to exactly who we are and have always been. And yes, as you say, we don't want to go around shouting at someone. And because we are returning back to who we always have been, which is love, that, that isn't going to happen. That is just happening because there has been a huge buildup of emotions that anger starts to come out. And and there is something so beautiful in what you were saying is that when we can hold our children in their anger, that is really when they get to experience unconditional love, that we are there no matter what, yeah. because we hold that they are love and that we can see that even when they're angry. Yeah. And yeah. that is just so different um, in terms of a kind of parenting paradigm. Yeah, I love that. Oh, I love that they're not able to hold that first. And I think that's the difference sometimes that mm -hmm. when I get angry with them, okay, they, they know that I have feelings, but they're not able to hold my anger for me. And that's something that I, first of all, I'm experienced that in relationship with another person, like a therapist. And because of that, I can internally hold that myself then. But sometimes, you know, if, I do, if I'm not aware of it or I don't want to take responsibility for it, hearing them to say, mom, you've got feelings, kind of is a little boundary or their little no or my little, okay, I need to have a, have a look or have a listen at that. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference that, that, you know, developing that capacity in ourselves. I think that that's exactly what you're saying, Megan, too, is that when we have that, when we present that unconditional love that their feelings are okay that their anger is okay and I'm so passionate about hate as well really passionate about hate that that we still love them no matter what because we know who they are and um, mm -hmm. that they internalize that relationship with themselves that in unconditional love that what they feel is okay because they have a developed that sense of self that that they are okay as they are and no matter what comes up it's just feelings and that they're still loved even in those moments um, and and that's and they were internalized and that love that acceptance that as a parent that we give to them in those moments hmm. yeah oh, that's lovely yeah i was just thinking in terms of what's happened with what happened with me and olivia today of you know how i would go about that rupture and repair and i think a lot one of the things that i often use when that's happened is attachment play so I'll go and play a couple of games and really I notice when something like that's happened and she often feels powerless powerlessness then we play sort of games where she gets to push me on the couch and I get to be the powerless one and she gets to be the more powerful or she gets to tell me to do a whole lot of things and I have to do them in a particular way or pretend to be a frog or whatever else kind of thing or make noises in a certain way and that's really I realize has been so profound having that attachment play as a way to really enable her to kind of 
express through laughter and play some of those feelings that come up for her after a rupture like that. Oh, I love that. I love that. And the connection. Mm. It always offers a huge connection, that um, attachment play for me too. Mm. Nice. Well, I, how are you feeling now? Mm. No, it's been lovely, lovely talking about it. And yes, I will, we'd only just come back. So I will carry on the rupture and repair process with my daughter or the repair process now that rupture took place. And um, yeah, I'll play with her and everything. And the little bit that I wanted to say earlier that's just come up now is like any little bit of listening we do during that process of children having emotions or us having emotions has an impact no matter how much it is even if it's a tiny bit every blue moon it has a profound impact yeah it really does it really mm. does and you know i'm really passionate about that <laughs> about any little bit as well and i know mm. you are too mm. Oh, this has been lovely. Thank you, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. I really enjoyed that. Thank you for sharing and for your honesty and your vulnerability as well. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. Mm. Well, bye, everybody. We will, yes, connect with you on the next podcast. Yes, thank you all for joining us and for listening today. And we'll speak to you all soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.